Well, thank you to Uncle Tim for putting together our playlist. You know, it was um, just coming into my mind at the beginning of the playlist, and those of you who have been around for a while, you know this, but um, for those of you who haven't, and as a reminder for those of you who have, um, where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty, there's freedom. During this time of music, whether somebody's leading up here, whether we have the playlist going, there's freedom for you to pray with somebody else. There's freedom for you to read your Bible. There's freedom for you just to sit and meditate on the Lord. There's freedom for you to go and pray with somebody. Um, so you got a lot of options. There's freedom just to wrestle in your mind and be like, God, oh, I'm feeling, ah. I mean, wrestling is biblical, okay? Um, so, just a reminder there. You want to come give announcements, Karis? My wife, my wife is an excellent informer. She informs proficiently, efficiently. It's great to have her behind the uh, helm or at the helm on vacations. All right. Um, first off, it's great to see so many kids. Um, tonight for Kid Care, we have got Piper for to start out, and Joseph, and eventually Jen. And um, so we normally do second grade and under for Kid Care if they want to go. It's up to parents if they want to send them back there or not. Um, Zai, did you want to help tonight with the littles? Yeah, mm -hmm. Zion. And Eliza, would you like to help? Yeah. Um, Cohen? Yeah, I knew that was an automatic. Yes. All right. And parents can decide, too, if some of their olders will be helpful. We do want to remind those of you who are the adults back there, please remind the older children who are helping that they are there to help. Sometimes they just love what they're doing so much they forget about some of the responsibilities. Um, uh, those of us who are visiting tonight, those of you who are visiting, the, the bathroom is right through there. And kid care is usually these last two rooms over here. Um, we avoid the basement and the other rooms. Um, we are thankful to be in this building, and so we want to take care of it and steward it well. Um, big thing coming up, the 21st one-day retreat. Um, it's going to be out at Adventure Serve. It's going to be really fun. We don't know the exact things um, that we're going to be doing, but the general plan is that we'll meet together in the morning around 1030, and we'll have some worship time. We'll have some teaching time. We are going to have um, lunch out there. All the families bring your own for your crew, and we'll just kind of have picnic lunches out there. And then we'll have um, an activity time, like a team building kind of thing with a lesson. And then we'll have a silent retreat with sharing. And followed up with chili around the fire out there and s'mores. So if you are a good chili maker and would like to contribute some chili, please let me know. It'd be great to have... 
I don't know, four or five crockpots of chili out there at the fire. And, um, or if you'd prefer to sign up for some more things, let me know. You can just text me. Um, we are not going to do an official Treats on Main thing this year. Um, I didn't really mention this to you, but do you mind if I say a little something about... Okay. <laughs> um, we've always really enjoyed having a presence at Treats on Main in the past. Um, I, we did have the sense that it was going in a little bit of a kind of a darker advertising direction, and that was sort of why we decided we didn't really want to say, hey, this is what Dwelling's doing. But that being said... I personally would still really like to have a presence on the street there. Um, it matters a lot to me to be there where the people are. But that's personal for me. And I, and I realize that there's a lot of circles of thoughts about this. <laughs> and I don't know how to answer all the circles of thought about this. And I think that there's some really good circles of thought about this that, that can both have some really good support from the Bible. So that being said... I personally would like to be on the street with the people at Treats on Main. And so I'm going to set up, be there with the table, and we're going to do our traditional things of handing out lights, um, handing out their globe bracelets and that sort of thing. And if anybody would like to join, just text me and let me know. I won't be able to be there the whole time, but I'd be able to be there for part of it. So if somebody's like, you know what, I really feel that too, just let me know, and you can go out there with me too. Zion likes being out there. She either dresses as a butterfly or a fairy, so <laughs> you will know where she is. <laughs> um, that's it for treats on Main stuff, because I know that we normally start talking about that this time of the year. Um, can you think of any other? We weren't invited to the wedding. There's going to be a wedding here November 4th, and we were not invited. Um, they'll be using the building for that, so we'll have to talk about maybe that might be a good time for a potluck or something. <laughs> yes, we got an amen for that. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. We do have Friendsgiving coming up too, so, but just put that in your minds that November 4th. We will not be in this building. Does anybody else have an announcement that needs to be made? Yes, Connor. Hey, y'all. Um, so I've been kind of off and on part of a community uh, at Northeast Christian Church for the last few years. Um, sometimes I fill in and help out with leading worship there. And I'm actually, I'm leading tomorrow, and I led last week. Uh, the worship pastor is a good friend of mine, Micah Pace. Some of y'all might know him. Um, wonderful man, and there's such a good community of believers there that they remind me of how I grew up. Like, they're very hungry for God, but they haven't maybe experienced the flavor that we get to experience here, and not that that's everything, but that has blessed my life, and so you guys are a blessing in my life, and since I'm leading there tomorrow, I just wanted to invite you guys to pray for that community that they'd experience more of God, um, specifically in this season, and then if you if you feel led to join me tomorrow, the service is at 1030, and it's Northeast Christian Church. Um, you can see me after for any details or anything for that, but um, yeah, I just felt like led to invite you guys into that. Um, if nothing else, just to pray, because I think there's some beautiful things happening there. There's really hungry people, and they're just excited. They're hungry for worship and everything. They're excited to know Jesus, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. 
Chris, would you come up? Have Chris stand in um, as a mouthpiece for us. And if you would join together with Chris and Chris, uh, just pray whatever's in your heart for Connor to carry to Northeast. Lord, we thank you for this guy, Connor. Lord, we've had a chance to watch him over the years. He's quiet, firm, gentle, strong. Leadership by example. I speak and impart the power of God into you now. The blessings and the presence that cannot be described and cannot be taught and instructed. The reception, the atmosphere, I bless this church now. I open its walls and its roof to God's Holy Spirit. I speak gentle peace upon these people here. I speak confidence to the pastor that he would not be afraid to receive something they've never known before. I declare that this church is an open receptacle, a complete receptacle, a wide receiver. And tomorrow they will take much from Holy Spirit and they'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Chris, thank you for sharing, Connor. A reminder also that um, you got some? Yeah. As Joseph's coming, a reminder, the um, mantra, the mission statement that we really feel like God gave to us, we didn't like craft it um, with a bunch of um, thinking and scheming really feel like God put it into our hearts back in 2015. Welcoming the presence of God to permeate every part of society. We want to keep it simple. We're welcoming God. And then we want to take him, the person, the actual person, the very real presence out to every part, whether that's the Jessamon County school system where many of us are planted whether it's the state where my kid brother has been planted, whether it's Northeast Christian Church tomorrow morning, we want to carry his presence. We want to receive it and then carry it. Thanks, Travis. Uh, so uh, today is a uh, biblical fest festival. And we've had a series of them, you know, you do in the fall. We had, what was it, uh, I think three weeks ago, we had uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Teruah, Feast of Trumpets. And then um, the following Sunday, so like 10 days after that, was Yom Kippur. Uh, last week was the first day of Sukkot, which is uh, Feast of Booths or Feast of Tabernacles. Today is called Shemini Atzeret. So it's in Leviticus 23, verse 36. And it says, um, right before that, it says, the uh, Sukkot, the Feast of Booths, will go for seven days. And then on the eighth day, there's to be a, a solemn assembly. Well, that's today. And so um, I just love it when there's this uh, coinciding between, even though this is, you know, there's our community here, 
it's still, I, I still find it just, you know, special and meaningful when there's this coinciding between this timing in the biblical festivals and, um, and our meeting together. And so I just wanted to, if I could, um, there's the, one of the things that is traditionally happens on Shemini Atzeret is it's the end, it's the, the culmination of the annual Torah cycle that the traditional Jews read throughout the year. So they'll read through the whole Torah every year. And uh, this week, today really, is the last day of that cycle. And so the last of the first five books is Deuteronomy 33 and 34. And so um, this has been a passage that Trenton has brought to my attention. So I'd like to just read those first few verses from the blessing of Moses in Deuteronomy 32. It says, The Lord came from Sinai and dawned from Seir upon us. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came from the ten thousands of his of holy ones with flaming fire at his right hand. Yes, he loved his people. All his holy ones were in his hand. So they followed in your steps, receiving direction from you. When Moses commanded us a law as a possession for the assembly of Jacob, thus the Lord Yahweh became king in Yeshurun. When the heads of the people were gathered, all the tribes of Israel together. So Trenton has really brought this to my attention, and, and he's expressed this, and I agree with him that this passage it does it looks back to the giving of law of the law in Sinai, but it also looks forward to the return of Jesus and the gathering of his people in that day. So, Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Trenton and Joseph. As I've mentioned about our meetings recently, this goes for the whole globe too. Things are getting more and more strategic. Um, God is always strategic, but there are times when the Bible calls it um, a kairos moment, fullness of time where God his activity goes from like, you know, those 400 years of silence between Malachi and John the Baptist. All of a sudden, John the Baptist, and then on his heels, Jesus, and then the apostles. And <clears throat> I believe we are right in the midst of one of those Kairos moments. And... Um, it impacts us right here as well as Israel and all around the globe. All right, kids, come on down. 
Come on down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got a crew. Man. We got a serious crew. Hold on. Hey, hey, come, come around this side. I need to see you. Come, come around this side, big guy. I know it's nice sitting in those, those thrones. Care Paravel. I see some brothers and sisters. I see some sons and daughters. Some of you guys are family with each other, as in you live in a house together, a family. But the cool thing is, we get to all be family in God because Jesus, the Son of God, he made a way for us to all be united by his blood. I know that's kind of intense, his blood. Sometimes people get scared when they see blood coming out of somebody's body or cut. But Jesus, he bled so that we could all be family. Now, I'm going to bring up a couple examples, okay? See, we're together as family, and just like brothers and sisters, a lot of times they look alike or they talk alike and sometimes even think alike. When we start walking with God and living together with him and with one another, we start thinking in with what the Bible calls the mind of Christ. There was a guy in the Bible, his name was Paul. He prayed that we would all be of one mind and one heart. Can you imagine you guys having one big brain? Yeah. <laughs> Carrying it together. And one heart. That's what Paul prayed. I pray that you would be of one mind and one heart. Now, that doesn't mean you don't get to make your own decisions, but your decisions are in line with God and they help one another rather than hurt one another. So I'm just going to do this experiment. I'm going to surprise a couple people right now, okay? I want my brother by natural birth, Michael, Michael's going to come up. Some of you might not know him. He's my actual brother. We have the same mom and dad. Some people tell us we look alike. We've got another brother too, but he's not here right now. And I'm going to call forward another brother of mine, but he doesn't have the same mom and dad. His name is Davey. Davey Ferraro. Some people say Davey and I look alike because we're both warriors and we like the weight room. Now, let me show you some. These guys didn't, don't know this. They didn't plan this. But I am going to do an experiment, okay? So I'm going to ask Davey and Michael, what was the last thing they were reading in the Bible or what was the last thing God was speaking to them, okay? And then I'm going to see if that lines up with anything God's been speaking to my heart. Okay, we're going to just see if this works, all right? 
Davey, Michael, one of you go first. What was the last thing or the thing that stands out that God was speaking to you? You got it? John 1, 1 through 18. So this is, this is the, the word becoming flesh. The prologue to John. <laughs> Explaining about Jesus being the light. Um, he came to his own. His own did not recognize him. And the whole purpose of Jesus was to explain who the Father was. So, Davy's been reading in John 1 where it says the Word became flesh. Jesus is called the Word, and he was with God, then he became flesh. Well, let's see if I have anything on that. You know what? My prayer, my silent prayer I didn't tell anybody about tonight was from John 14. The same book as Davy, and listen to what I prayed. I said, Jesus, you promised to manifest yourself. Manifest yourself tonight at this meeting. Do you know what manifest is? It's another word, it's another way to say becoming flesh. So Davy, my brother, he was thinking with the mind of Christ. I was thinking with the mind of Christ. Jesus is the one who became flesh. He manifested among us. All right, Mikey. That's right. So one of the things God was speaking to me, actually even tonight, but it's really been on my mind is, you know how we can really feel guilty? We, we don't feel like we're doing well enough for God. We don't feel like we're performing enough for God. So we feel bad, we, we, we mess up. We, how can God still love me when I mess up so much, right? Well, Jesus has been speaking to me and showing me, Michael, I am your righteousness. I am your worship. I am your peace. I am your love towards me. Everything you have, any goodness you possess, any type of worship you can give to me is of me. And so what he's been showing me is, I'm just dead. The old man is dead, meaning Michael, the old Michael, is actually dead. But when I receive Christ, I become a new creation because the Holy Spirit, Jesus, lives in me, and he is my life. Now, I was in Charleston with my family on a vacation last week, and one of the things I did was I paid attention to see if God might be leading me to read any scriptures. And pretty much each day, I had in mind a scripture I wanted to go to, or maybe a couple scriptures. And one of the scriptures I read was, and I'm trying to think of the exact reference, but it was, and their righteousness comes from me. So what Michael was just talking about, what God had been teaching his heart, is, Michael, I'm your righteousness. And what God was speaking to my heart this week is, Travis, your righteousness comes from me. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. Another thing, I'm just going to say this. Michael didn't know I was going to say this either. Did you know my brother Michael? He's recently started doing some new jobs on the side. He's doing some modeling. People are taking pictures of him for like clothes and stuff. Well, there's a company that he just got booked for coming up. And the company, you may have seen some of their bulldozers. It's called Caterpillar. 
and it's interesting because Zion and I today, she was reading from her ranger Rick, and she read a joke to me about caterpillars turning into butterflies. And I was thinking again, which has been a big theme for us here at Dwelling, yeah, Lord, even though I feel like I'm a crawling caterpillar, you say I'm a butterfly, and you're going to show it. You're going to manifest it. You're going to show that I'm flying. So congratulations to Michael the caterpillar, and I pray that he goes in there like a butterfly. All right, so we are going to break it down on family, all right? I'm going to pray first, all right? Father, thank you that we get to be family with you. Thank you for my brother, Davey, and my brother, Michael. Thank you for my siblings here in this house because of your blood, Jesus, your blood that makes us righteous. Now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would manifest our unity with you. Show the world that we're family. They will know we are yours by our love. Amen. All right, put your hands in here. Now, the way we do it here, instead of screaming it, we're just going to say it softly, soberly, solemnly, meaningfully, dramatically. Right. It's going to be a dramatic whisper. Family on three. One, two, three. Family! I did a William Wallace family there. Family! All right, kids. Thanks for coming down. Okay. Cool. Cool. I think I'll remember, but um care if you just put your hand up and say Piper um at the end, I think. Karis and I were talking uh, on the way back from Charleston yesterday, and we were talking about the fall retreat and talking about a theme, and she was asking me if there was a specific theme, and um, nothing came to mind besides uh, something that Chris had texted me about uh, while I was gone. You know, I've talked to you about the, the Chris Walling texts, like little dagger stabs you never know when they're coming um but he sent a text and it it had to do with the believers and acts gathering in the upper room and to me i believe that speaks accurately of where dwelling is right now and i believe sue uncle tim John Edward, the messages they've given this month, they all point to this. I believe God has us in a place of prayer and waiting 
for what he's going to do. Some of you who have been around from the beginning, (laughs) you're like, well, that's the same message we've had for a long time. And it is to a large degree, but I really believe if, if you can picture this metaphor, if we have been like a spear in God's hand and the stone uh, head of the spear has been waiting on the Lord, that's been our warfare. I believe we're right at the tip now and um, it's about time for um, the piercing through and the breakthrough. Um, and something that Karis said, uh, stuck with me. And at, as she mentioned, the rest of our drive, I was just having um, thoughts and scriptures come to my mind. And, and I was like, oh, I think I'm, I think I'm supposed to share on, share on this tomorrow at the meeting. So that's what I'm doing. Um, the title for what I'm speaking about tonight is Deliver Us From Evil. And as I said about our mode being one in a place of prayer, when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, they said, teach us how to pray. And he gave just a few sentences. And, you know, we know that our conversations with God are not going to be limited to only those sentences. But there's something about that response that Jesus gave that's very specific, it's very strategic. So each word there is meaningful. And the phrase, one of the phrases he taught us to pray was, deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one. So I'm going to read a few scriptures um, along the lines of deliver us from evil. The first one is Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. And this is where Jesus is teaching us how to pray. This is how you should pray, he had said. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then the footnote says, or, but deliver us from evil. Next is Philippians 1, 19 through 21. Paul's speaking here. For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. So again, the connection with Jesus' words, teaching us how to pray, he said, pray to be delivered from the evil one. Paul said, I know through your prayers and the help of Jesus, it will turn out for my deliverance. Next is Acts 12, verse 5. 
So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. I'm not going to read that whole story, but Herod had Peter arrested and he had already executed James, I believe James, and he was planning to do the same thing to Peter. And Peter's locked up there in prison and has guards, personal guards. So, I mean, he was done for. But the church was earnestly praying for him. God had a prayer meeting. He had a group of people with the mind of Christ who were praying in his name, in the name of Jesus, the character, the heartbeat, the person of Jesus. And we know we, anything we ask in his name, we have. They asked for Peter's deliverance in the name of Jesus. And Peter had this unprecedented experience where an angel come and kicks him awake. And Peter's kind of slow to respond. The angel's like, come on. And Peter's like, oh, I thought I was having a vision. I thought I was having one of those trances that the Lord likes to give me. And the angel's like, get up. I'm trying to deliver you. Psalm 34, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Come on, I'm here to fulfill God's word. That's what we angels do. We are sent to fulfill his word. You've got to do your part, buddy. I'm going to have to pick you up and throw you. And probably Peter would have gotten some trouble with the Lord for not being responsive. That happened to Zechariah one time. See, you better be responsive to angels. <laughs> um, or you might find yourself unable to speak or something like that. But Peter was delivered miraculously. But the Bible very intentionally connects that to prayer, earnest prayer. So as we, the church of Jesus, and this community dwelling are gathered before God, looking to him, worshiping him, and praying, one of the prayers, one of the focuses, I believe, is deliver us from evil. Break the chains. Come and take your little stones. Your Petros people, Peter, which means stone. Come and deliver your living stones from our chains. Let your angel encamp around us and deliver us. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the spirit of Herod that's trying to take off our heads. You know, just as a aside, a little frisbee, the spirit of Herod represents man-pleasing. Herod had a pattern of pleasing people. In fact, he did something that really he didn't want to do in beheading John the Baptist, but because he wanted to please Herodias, Herodias' wife, and because he had made a public promise and he didn't want to 
look bad in front of the people. He had to go ahead and behead John. And then at one point, Herod was taking on the praise of people. And they said, this is not a man, this is God. And he's like, ah, it's like, that's what he lived for, the praises of man. And that got him into big trouble. Worms ate him from the inside and he died. Man-pleasing will eat us from the inside. And we all wrestle with it to one degree or another. Some people might think of themselves or maybe be known as, man, that guy's not a people pleaser. He's, he's just going to say it how it is. And he's going to tell it how it is. Well, what if he's the biggest man pleaser or she's the biggest man pleaser in God's eyes? They've got the biggest problem because the man they're pleasing is themselves. So the whole point of delivering us from evil is not about just delivering us from the praises of humans or pleasing of man. But um, that is something we need to be delivered from. There's a proverb that says, um, does it say the pleasing of a man is a snare? The fear of man is a snare, I think. Regarding people and what they think is a snare, it's a trap. I love what some of the people said to Jesus, this phrase they say, Rabbi, we know that you don't regard the faces of men. What an interesting statement. Rabbi, we know you don't regard human faces. Now, there was nobody who had more regard and compassion for human faces. Nobody looked into human faces like Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Nobody focused on a person's countenance and who they were. Nobody saw them for who they were. And the clearest way you know a person is when you look into their eyes, their face. So he had in one instant, or one way, he had the greatest regard ever for the faces of people. He looked out at the people, it says, and the Greek says he was shattered to pieces on the inside with compassion. They were like sheep without a shepherd, harassed by the devil. He looked at Mary's face and he welled up in the two-word scripture verse. Jesus wept because his care and concern for what a person was feeling. Yet, he didn't care what people thought. He, he looked at the leader's and it was like, you know what? I got one for you. Your dad is Satan. Yep, that's right. You're sons of the devil. He didn't regard their snarling looks and their gnashing of teeth. May the Lord deliver us from regarding the faces of people. All right.
Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So the God of this present age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that unbelievers cannot see the good news in the glory of Christ Jesus, the person who is the image of God. You know, the New Living Translation says, the God of this age, the devil, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. I want to submit to you that we should not just take that scripture and like, oh yeah, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Glad I don't have a blinded mind. Let's first look at that scripture and see what the Holy Spirit might apply to us. And that is, our unbelief directly relates to blinding in our own minds. When I was talking to the kids about us having what Paul prayed for, that we would have one mind, that we would have the mind of Christ, much of what keeps us from having that mind of Christ and that one mind and that mind that's filled with the good news that is filled with the glory of Christ, the image of God, is because our unbelief has allowed the God of this age to blind our minds. A blinded mind can't see what God wants us to see, wants that mind to see. We can't be who he wants us to be individually or as a family. So let's go back to that prayer. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one and his blinding. Lord, deliver dwelling from the blinding of the God of this age. From the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one's blinding power. So deliver us from the evil one. But let's move to the other part of that verse. Deliver us from evil. Lord, deliver us from evil unbelief. That's what Hebrews calls it. I'm not going to turn there, but Hebrews 3, verse 12, it says, be careful that there is not an evil heart of unbelief in you or a wicked heart of unbelief. I think a lot of times we, we don't associate disbelief or unbelief with wickedness. You know, we think of wickedness, we think of like witchcraft or like terrible sexual immorality, murder, occult sacrifices, this wickedness. And surely that is. But the Bible calls unbelief evil, wicked. 
Lord, deliver us from evil unbelief. And in doing so, deliver us from a blinding that comes because of that unbelief. Let me connect some of this to what I believe the Holy Spirit has been speaking through his people here at Dwelling. Sue, three weeks ago, talked about us being a house of prayer. Together, we are a house of prayer. We are a people who interact with God, welcoming the presence of God, welcoming the person of God. And when you welcome a person, you don't just say, ha, come on in here, and then turn your back. You communicate. We're a house of prayer, a house of communication, Sue told us. And each one of us are little houses of prayer, she said. Little houses of communication. Little houses that call upon the name of the Lord. And I believe God wanted us to hear that to remind us, you guys are a people who I've called to pray. You're a house of prayer. You together are a house of prayer. Call out to me. Call to me and I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah 33.3 Call to me and I will answer you. We heard on one of the songs that Uncle Tim chose tonight. It was about 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will turn from their wicked ways, will, will pray, I think it's pray, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. And I will heal their land. God's like, you cry out as I'm calling you to cry out. And I'm going to answer your cries that are inspired by my cries. I am God within you. James says, do you not know the Holy Spirit yearns jealously within you? The Holy Spirit is stirring within us, yearning for God's purposes. Let's take another part of that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Yearning for your will on earth as it is in heaven. For the heavenly vision to come down. For Jesus Christ, King of Wilmore, which is true, he's king of every town, but for that to be manifested. For the word of Christ as King of Wilmore to become flesh. It's like, oh, whoa. Jesus is really ruling here. Not Christianity. Not church work. Not institutions. But Jesus Christ is really the king of Wilmore. He's manifested his kingship here. So Lord, hear from heaven and heal our land. Let your will that you have in heaven come to our earth, to our land. Let heaven come down. Let the new Jerusalem be established on earth. Let the new Wilmore come. Let the new Jessamine County come. Let the new Fayette County, let the new Kentucky come. Let the king of the bluegrass 
make himself known. Uncle Tim felt led to speak on faith. Faith, faith. He directly tied it to healing and read from John G. Lake, one of the great gifts that God has given the body of Christ in the last, I mean, ever, but in the last 150 years. He and another guy with a name you can't forget, Smith Wigglesworth, had such a grace to believe, a grace for faith. They, they insisted upon it. People got annoyed with them because they were very simplistic in belief, just believe. Smith Wigglesworth was known for these two words, only believe. And he was quoting a famous person named Jesus Christ who said, only believe. So, and again, I did not, I did not come up with this message tied to what they said. This message came to my heart, and I was like, oh, wow, that confirms. So we see the house of prayer from Sue. We see the emphasis of faith from Uncle Tim, and it connects to us praying to be delivered from wicked unbelief, the antithesis of faith, the enemy of faith. Lord, let your house of prayer be delivered from faithlessness. Let your house of prayer be delivered from evil, wicked, unbelief. And let the blinding of the evil one be expelled so we can see the glory of Christ. We can perceive the good news and be like, oh my, wow. I straight up am forgiven. I, my spirit bears witness. I'm a child of God. I'm crying out, Abba, Father. I, I know it. Paul prayed that we would have full assurance. He himself said, I'm convinced. I am persuaded. I want to be a convinced person. I want to be a persuaded person. I want us to be a persuaded people. And that makes me think of this. Lord, deliver us from double-mindedness. Not vacillating back and forth, but being firm in the faith. And how does that double-mindedness take root in us? Well, the Bible says he who doubts is a double-minded person, unstable in all his ways. Lord, deliver us from doubt and for, deliver us from evil doubt, i.e. evil unbelief. Deliver us from the double-mindedness that accompanies that And deliver us from the instability that comes from this. Look, I don't think America has ever been so unstable. 
I don't think the planet has ever been so unstable. I understand I'm a student of history, don't have it all memorized perfectly, but I know we've been through wars, we've been through unstable times, we've been through revolutions all over the globe. But the, the instability that's kind of showcased with I feel like I want to be a woman It's not just about that. It's about what that speaks of. We are so mixed up. Our minds are so blinded to where we have like the leadership of the leading nation on the earth pronouncing, professing, and leading, trying to lead the leading, the leader of the earth in the concept, well, of course a three-year-old little girl can say, I'm a boy, and then her parents can change her name and call them their little boy. See, I'm not just trying to pick on a political or cultural issue right now, although I have great hatred for that lie from Satan that's decimating our kids. It's a picture of our instability. But before we start pointing at the evil people who are promulgating these lies against our kids, which there's truth to that, where is the authority for casting that lie down and making it look like what it is? Lunacy that is impotent in the face of the truth of God. That's us. We're the answer. But if we have doubt, evil unbelief, double-mindedness, and instability, us shouting out that that's not true and that's not right is not enough. That's a clanging symbol compared to what God wants to do. He wants to raise up the voice of love and truth that destroys that lie. And he wants to roar through us. So, a strategic part of his plan is delivering us from evil. Delivering us from our evil unbelief. I don't have the impression that I'm to call you guys to write a post-it note and put it on your mirror to pray, deliver us from evil. I don't feel led to have you guys make a verbal commitment that you're going to pray at least five times a week, deliver us from evil. I believe it's, it's more of God showing us, this is my heart. This is what the Spirit of God is praying the Spirit of God will teach you what to pray. The Spirit of God is groaning within us, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil unbelief, evil doubt that causes evil double-mindedness and evil instability. Deliver us from the evil one, the God of this age who blinds our minds so that we can't see the truth. Deliver us. Because the Bible says there will be deliverers 
coming from Mount Zion. Mount Zion being the dwelling place of God. That's us. There will be deliverers that permeate society, every part of it. There will be deliverers. But a deliverer is only as successfully a deliverer as he has been delivered. So God is getting the deliverers delivered so he can deliver them to those who need deliverance. He is delivering his people from evil so he can use us as deliverers to deliver the world from evil. So, I just want to bless you with a simple blessing to pray the words of Jesus, deliver us from evil. I want to bless you just to be perceptive that that's what the Spirit of God, not only, He's got a lot to say to you individually because your specific circumstances are known by God and God is working and crying out and inspiring prayers specifically for you. But I believe there is this mind of Christ prayer, this prayer that is in his name right now, that's on his heart right now. Let the, let the people hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. There is something that God is saying. We live by every word that proceeds from his mouth. Not just proceeded in the past, but we live by the words that proceed from his mouth. And I believe the words proceeding from the mouth of Jesus, Father, deliver my people from evil. Deliver my people from evil. And see, Jesus can only pray in his name. <laughs> he always prays the will of the Father. He is the will of the Father. He is the communication of the Father. He is the Word. Let him who hears, hear. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I believe we've got the biblical support very clearly. It, it's probably always safe to pray, deliver us from evil, because Jesus gave us a few words teaching us how to pray, and that was one of the phrases. But I believe specifically right now, he's calling his house of prayer to pray, deliver us from evil unbelief. And as John Edwards spoke, he talked about this deliverance. We are right now in a place of needing deliverance. And our deliverance is connected to prayers. Let's go back to Exodus and round things up with this. God said, Moses, I'm sending you to deliver my people. You're a deliverer. Deliverer was in his bones. It was in his bones. And he tried to do it his own way early on. It didn't work out too well. But it's because God had called him to be a deliverer. But what did he say to Moses? He said, I'm sending you to my Hebrew people because their groans have come up to me. Their cries have come up to me. See, there's this crazy sovereignty 
of God and sovereign timing. And he's like, I'm going to do this. Yet he chooses to do it in concert with prayers that his people pray. And he had a specific time for it. He said, it's time. It's been 400 years. I said it was going to be that long. Part of this had to do with the sin of the Amorites being fully ripened. Part of this has to do with you, Moses. You were born, and I was getting you to this age and this point. And part of it has to do with now they're really praying what the Spirit is saying. All those things, the brilliant mind of God bringing together this cohesion, this convergence of divine wisdom and action, sovereign timing mixed with the prayers of God's people, mixed with the circumstances in the earth. That's where we are right now. That's where we are. That's where we are in this part of central Kentucky. In 2004, a couple guys who have been um, real blessings to the body of Christ, they're like you and me, they're imperfect, okay? But what they did, they felt God called them to go to every state in the United States and to have prayer and worship and listen to what the Spirit was saying about that land. Now, they also, as a part of that, they did historical studies of the beginnings of that state and the history of what had happened. And um, so really, they showed themselves approved, like Paul said to Timothy. They did their study. Let me read to you some of the highlights. And I've read other states. No one, no state says this, not even close, this clearly about deliverance. Okay? Again, this is almost 20 years ago. This was um, April 19th and 20th, 2004. A spirit of deliverance shall break out in this state that shall cause freedom to manifest in the entire nation. It is a mantle of deliverance, exclamation point. That was from Barbara Yoder. I'll read this part too. She says, the Lord says, I am returning a right mantle of war to the, ha to the White House from this state and there will be vindication. Selah for right now. Chuck Pierce, Kentucky made up of 120 counties is an upper room state. You know, God loves to take little things that we have going on on earth and say, yeah, I oversaw that. I'm speaking a message through that. He did that a lot in the Old Testament. Dutch Sheet says, 
The Lord said that out of Kentucky would come a sound that would cause the nations to come into conflict, but the bride will rise up and it will be a call of freedom. Worship will be the key in Kentucky to exposing hidden things and causing the enemy to loose his hold. There will be a great and drastic change in Kentucky's atmosphere as a result. As we move into that new dimension, thousands will come and join us in worship. Dutch sheets. Discerning of spirits will be released to God's people for there is a strong, strong deliverance anointing coming to the state of Kentucky. Once again, he said, a strong, strong, strong spirit of deliverance is coming. This is interesting because of what we saw this year. Universities, schools, and organizations are about to be invaded by God's people. And they will do whatever he says. I just spoke this verse and here this is. I did not, I haven't read this. I probably haven't opened this thing in years. John Edward brought it to me. Jeremiah 33.3 was given to Dutch. Kentucky is to experience things it has never seen or heard before. God is laying siege to this state to take back what the enemy has stolen. He is coming with fire because the fire of revival will burn once again. If anybody's interested in the book and reading about states, um, you can come find me afterwards. Piper, did you have something? <laughs> he thought I was calling you out. Like, did you have something to share? this too close. I'm supposed to hold it down. Okay. I'm always afraid of mics. First of all, I'd like to say Krista's left already. Okay. It was great to see her here. And I love seeing new faces here. Hi, Bob. Um, I've had the most incredible day. I've lived here 35 years. And um, I've had the most incredible month that I've had in my life. And uh, thank you, Tim, for having us get together and pray last week. I prayed with Naomi and Laura, and um, I, had, I felt like I needed to apologize to Naomi because she saw my really ugly, mad face. And um, I went to the festival because I was going to sell these hats that I made several years ago. I don't know why they didn't sell, because they're just adorable. But um, I didn't sell any again today, but I gave six or seven away. It's better to give than to receive, right? And I had the most incredible encounter with people. 
two women, one has moved here now, she's 63, God, God called her to come here to go to school again, and um, another woman came from Lexington, she used to be a Wiccan, and she is someone, I got both of their phone numbers because I have full intention of meeting with them, because um, I know I'm supposed to, and um, And I have never felt more spirit-filled in my life. I don't know if anyone knows what my family has been going through for the past three years, and I'm not going to talk about it. Some of you might know. It's not something you bring up to people. Oh, you saw my ugly face, didn't you? (laughs) My sad, ugly face. Um, But God is good. And we have an army of supporters with this thing. I think you know, don't you? Some of you might know. Who's on the news? Um, someone in my family has been falsely accused of something. I'm, I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Um, we have to go to court on November 16th. But I didn't come up here to talk about that. So you can pray for that, and I'll probably say more. I wish I could be here for the retreat, but I'm going to be in Missouri to see my father, who's 90, he will be 93 in January, and he's in a wheelchair now. And every time I go home, <laughs> my middle daughter, Devin, says, Mom, every time you go back to Missouri, man, you come back, just, you go into this big funk. And she's right, because I love my family, but, I, you know, it's crazy things. And, uh, but this time it's going to be different. I know it is. I had a smoking habit. Are there any children in the room? Sammy won't care. I had a smoking habit, and it wasn't just cigarettes. And I loved it. Love it. What, four years ago? I remember, forget how you put it. You said there's going to be this sweet wind. Do you remember how you put it, that, that God's going to blow? It's like it had something to do with smoke or just, I don't know. But anyway, so um, I'm, sure that, I'm sure there's something else I wanted to say, but it's five till. But um, oh, the biggest thing. I do have a husband. Some of you know that. You never see him with me. And um, we had a breakthrough conversation this week because we've had a lousy marriage. (laughs) And um, yeah, he was able to open up to me about things he could never open up about. So it was a big deal. I do have to say he was sipping on bourbon, but apparently that's a rite of passage that men have to pass in this state, unless you're, in, or, unless you're a recovering alcoholic. He does love cigars. It's, I don't see how anyone can smoke a cigar, but then, you know, I was smoking other things. But um, anyway, 
He's been a lot nicer since that night. It was like three or four nights ago. I'm going to stop. Or I'll just keep going. You stay up here. Um, I'll stay up here. Um, is Emma back there helping with kids? Oh, she might. Would you come, Robin? Uh, what I want to do is I'd like to have Robin pray uh, for Piper and, again, us join. And the things uh, I would like, I would like to pray, again, what we've talked about, uh, in line with what we talked about, that God would deliver Piper's family from evil accusations. Okay, Peter was delivered from a legal problem, you know, a governmental, uh, a false accusation. So just pray that uh, for that, and and pray for Piper's trip to to Missouri, uh, and for her marriage. So basically, those three things they all have to do with family, and that was what. Um, so we're going to be your family tonight, and. Robin, if you just come and pray, and then everybody else, let's just join. Father, we thank you for the confessions of the heart that we heard from Piper. We thank you that she feels your comfort and your safety to share among her family that's here. And we just lift up every concern. Um, specifically, Lord, we pray for her upcoming trip to Missouri that your spirit would precede her there, that it'd be a different atmosphere that she's walking into, Lord, that you would anoint her to be your mouthpiece, to bring your peace and your love, that you would surround her um, in her going and, and coming, Lord, protection over her mind and her thoughts and her emotions, Lord. We pray for full deliverance of her and her family and all the battles that they face, the spoken and the unspoken, Lord. We pray for deliverance from habits, from generational things, Lord. We pray for deliverance from negative thought patterns and speech, that you would create a new way, a new shift, a new change, that you would cover that house, Lord. Every wall, every doorway, every window, Lord, would be covered in the presence of your love and in your deliverance their entire property, Lord. And we pray for their upcoming court date, Lord, that your truth would be what is told, that your light would shine, and that even in the midst of false accusations and judgments, Lord, that they would speak of your goodness and confidence that you have them there to testify and witness, Lord. Lord, we pray more than anything that you would be glorified in and through Piper and her family, Lord, that you would draw them closer to the love of the Father through the power of your Holy Spirit. Come and reign in their house and in their family today and forevermore. It's in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Robin. All right, it's seven. This is how we're going to end I don't know if I've ever done this. Uh, I was raised in the Methodist church. I'm so thankful for what God has done through the Methodist church. And man, we wouldn't even be who we are today without what um, God has done. But, you know, there were times when we do liturgy and someone would read and then repeat after and stuff like that. And then people I know 
Uh, a lot of times the speakers have said, all right, pray after me, and they'll say a line, and you pray. I, I've never really connected with that. Uh, I believe God uses it, but I, I, I believe that's, that's what's on my heart to do. Uh, so I would humbly ask you to join me. We're going to stand in just a second. Um, hey, Jeff, are you guys uh, back in this area now? Okay. You're still in Louisiana? Okay. Um, I didn't. There's a lot of stuff that happens after the service. So I'm just going to tell you now. I, what I believe, what was on my heart is you guys have been weathered. Um, I like weathering. And uh, God's been doing that. And um, it's very purposeful. And specifically for you, there's a specific weathering. And I really see wisdom coming to you. I see clarity of sight and really like this prophetic anointing God raising up in you. You're going to be a different person than you've ever known. Um, you have a beautiful family and you guys are protected by his hand. So we're honored to be in your midst and I pray blessings on everything in Louisiana and every one of your kids your marriage, I plead the blood of Jesus over you guys. And you are an Israelite in whom there is no guile. All right, why don't we stand, please? <clears throat> I'm just going to pray as what's in my heart. And if you guys will repeat after me Father, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil unbelief. Deliver us from the blinding of the wicked one. Deliver Wilmore. Deliver Jessamine County. Deliver Kentucky. Deliver Louisiana. Deliver the United States. Deliver the earth. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all have a great night. It was a blessing to be with you. And uh, we'll see you soon.